Welcome to Doc9 Tech Talks. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Stuart Cheatham, who is the co-founder and CEO of the fintech mortgage company, MQ. Now, MQ promised to transform the mortgage process, and last week we were in the news announcing their partnership with Mortgage Advice Bureau uh, to develop an artificial intelligence innovation lab. So I thought it'd be a great time to get Stuart on to discuss the future of the mortgage uh, technology market and also how they're planning to leverage AI to transform the customer experience. So firstly, Stuart, thanks for joining us today. Um, do you want to start by giving us a bit of background about yourself and how you came to co-found Encube? Sure. Well, uh, thanks for inviting me on, Mark. I, I appreciate that. So uh, my background comes in two halves, really. The first half of my career was in um, intermediary distribution and sales, and I sort of built some large distribution teams for people like Prudential and Scottish Widows. Mm-hmm. I then moved into banking with Lloyds Bank and did a whole range of different jobs for Lloyds. I ended up being the chief exec for Lloyds, running Asia, running banks in Hong Kong, um, Japan, um, Malaysia, China, and, and places like that. Mm-hmm. And actually about um, five and a half years ago, I came back from Asia, left Lloyds, and actually started working in fintech. I fell into fintech, really. Mm-hmm. And I started doing lots of work around um, uh, fintech businesses, advising them, mentoring them. I spent a lot of time in Europe. I spent a lot of time in Israel mm-hmm. working with different types of fintech businesses, predominantly in the artificial intelligence and predictive analytical spaces, okay. trying to perfect their products um, into the banking um, um, sort of community and marketplace. And from that really became my awareness and understanding of what artificial intelligence could do and the practical implications or applications of what it could do in the marketplace. And from that, really MCube was formed and, um, and came out. Cool. That sounds, sounds, that sounds like a, a really deep background you've got in there. So I guess before we dive uh, into the topic of uh, AI in the mortgage market uh, and your innovation lab, for those that aren't familiar with MCube as a company, do you want to give us a quick overview and, uh, you know, um, I guess more broadly around the problems that you're looking to solve? Sure. Okay. I mean, it's it, when I was um, uh, based out in Asia running banks there, I actually ran quite a significant mortgage business. Mm-hmm. Then, and one of the key problems that I saw there, and I, the application to offer time, was about 28 working days and it's a very complex product um, and business place and and immediately as every good chief exec does comes in to change the world and to set a new standard coming into that one and after a very very good team worked very hard for a number of months we shaved literally hours but not days <laughs> off that time and, and it was in that learning and and then later um understanding the benefits of ai that i really understood actually you know, the innovation of the mortgage marketplace is not in making fast decisions by underwriters. Mm. It's about creating better data management and understanding data in a much more efficient way. So what is MCube? MCube is a platform that looks to connect the advisory marketplace mm. with lenders, but to, to do this in an interactive and real-time um, basis. And to enable us to do that, we use AI and deep learning as the core technology to drive the platform. Cool. Sounds good. Well, lots of opportunity to... Uh, drive more efficient, especially in the UK mortgage market, I think. Uh, so I guess, um, so as mentioned, uh, you guys were in the press uh, last week, I think it was, with uh, announcing your partnership with MAB to launch your AI innovation lab. I'd really be interested to kind of firstly touch on, you know, the bigger vision for the role of AI within the mortgage space that you have in the coming years. 
Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I think look, when we look at the mortgage market, I think there's lots of really good firms out there at the moment, lots of fintech firms really trying to make a difference. And I think we're coming out to a point of real inflection where there will be a sea change in technology will actually start making a, a huge, huge impact to the marketplace. Mm. And, and and lots of those firms we are talking to and working with and, and around that. And, you know, how, how we see this as well, it's very much around, there's not one technology or one firm that's going to create a massive bang and everything is going to go okay it's around transformational partners and it's about working smartly together to deploy different types of skills and expertise into into the mortgage market so but yeah if we take a step back there we think about you know what makes a great customer outcome you know this is probably the main driver of the marketplace let's deliver great customer outcomes so my definition of a customer outcome is basically getting the customer the best product at the best price with the best service but making sure they still have whole of market choice and advice i'm a massive believer in advice and i think technology is an enabler for human advice i know not a big believer in robo advice i see no evidence of robo advice actually working anywhere in the, the world or anywhere in any sector so i think human advice but it's about empowering that process so everything we think about is looking to create a better customer outcome via an advisory process yeah. um, through the advisory networks and then we look back and go let, let's think about again take a helicopter view what what is um what needs to happen to help transform and innovate the marketplace. And I put this down into two big areas. First of all, it's about connectivity. It's about making sure that the advisor is connected to the lender. So therefore, you know, there's no manual rekeying or that it is vastly reduced. The data at the start is the data at the end. Operational delays are reduced and all these things. And there's lots of really good firms out there all the way from the start to the end of that process who are really focusing on digitizing the process and trying to connect front to end. And, and this is this is great developments. And, and again, as I said, we, we all want to work with lots of those processes. However, how we see the second problem here is all around data management. And actually around saying, even if you connect the start to the end, if you put the wrong information in at the start, you're kind of going to get the wrong answer at the end. Yeah. And, and the problem with mortgages is actually and this is really clear in the business I ran, the mortgage business I ran, is you don't actually know the right information and evidence you need until the end of the process. So everybody's on good faith going through a process, giving information, but it's not until it hits the underwriting process do they actually know have they got the right information. Because no matter how simple a case is, individuals are annoyingly individual. And therefore, it is, you, know, you can't standardize this process. So we always think about this as a non-standard process all the time. So, so how, do, how do we change that? Well, effectively, what you want to do is you want to link that decision. What, what evidence, what information do I need? And you want to deploy that in the earliest part of the sales process as possible. Mm -hmm. And you do that through artificial intelligence and creating real-time data images. And this is what the, the future of the mortgage market, I think, is about. And certainly the vision for MCube is around making that connection and data management happen. Okay, interesting. So I guess, um, yeah, to, to your point uh, uh, around Robo, you know, we had an event uh, a few years ago that Doc9 ran, uh, focused on mortgage AI, um, lots of interesting speakers. And I guess if you cast your mind back four or five years, there was a lot of excited talk of, you know, robo advisors and, 
you know, you're not going to have a human being advising you anymore. It'll all be automated. But actually, we've seen in our research at .9, we do a ton of user research and we work with a lot of lenders and brokers. But actually, still the majority of customers are all demographics, still do want that human involvement at the key point in, uh, when they need that advice, particularly on their first mortgages, maybe less so on kind of remortgages. Um, but I guess what you mentioned earlier around other sectors. So uh, I think where, where I've have seen sort of robo arguably working quite well is around uh, in terms of advice, I guess, is much simpler products. So even things like pensions, so I've got kind of had a sort of robo advice on my pension because there's basically seven attributes I can around my risk and my appetite, etc. But when you think and, and also I, I can also I'm not committing for 30 years or 25 years to, to you know, do this contract. So, so I guess the scale of the commitment from the user is quite different. So I also I do, do completely agree that the you know, brokers and advice have a really important role here. Um, how do you see the role of the broker then changing sort of practically in your kind of ecosystem in future? Yeah. So, I mean, let, let's just go back there as well. So that advice that you're talking about is a re relatively simple decision tree yeah. asking to tell you what your risk uh, appetite is. Yeah. Now, that, that's not AI. That is a really, really simple decision tree. They have a rule-based engine that anybody can build and is really not innovative at all in my opinion however what actually the advice you need for your pension and i'll come back to why this is applicable actually i need to know what your tax code is your tax situation is what it will be next year i need to know what your family situation is i need to know whether you've got children because then it becomes an inheritance tax situation now that's advice in a pension scenario now there is absolutely zero evidence anywhere in the world that one people want that advice to be robo um to be automated and two there is no evidence and we've looked at this to try and create the ability to actually make a machine do it because mm. simply machines underperform humans in this state mm. they, they just they are not sophisticated enough uh, to do this so when you think about ai think about a small child doing something that is the sophistication of ai today in the modern world mm. and anything beyond that is just hollywood movies so let's flip back to mortgage advice just for a moment, yeah? So right now, you know, mortgage advisors, I believe are absolutely key for this. And they get, but right now they get sucked into multiple different things around how do I sort the product? How do I administrate the process to go through this? How do I demystify this process so a consumer can actually understand this? How can I reassure them I can get them a mortgage? Mm. And all these things are super important right now, but actually it's not advice. This is almost around the mechanics of managing the process. Actually, what they do that's really, really important is about understanding what your family situation is, what's your career, what's your health, because actually that tells you what's the right product. Do you need a 30-year fixed rate? Do you need a five-year fixed rate? What ERCs, what portability do you need? All these yep. things become really, really important around those situations. And again, the advisors, in, in certainly um, as I see, will become more important in that space but they'll become less important in doing the administrational or grunt work mm. around this place. And this is a change for the industry and advisors will need to adapt to this. Um, but th this is a key part of the, of, of the process going forward. And, uh, but I, I genuinely see human beings wanting that reassurance and wanting that advice going forward for a very, very long time. Mm. That's not a threat. Mm. The changing business model underneath will be, I mean, that is transformational. Yeah. And, and that is something that advisors do need to think about. Yes, completely agree. And I guess, yeah, we work with a number of brokers and have over over a decade now. And um, okay, to your point around 
the administrative tasks so even you know if you think back 10 years and for many brokers still now the, the sending of you know paper out and getting paper documents back and how people give id and verify incoming etc a lot of that you know doesn't really necessarily need human involvement but you know uh, but still you know it's kind of freeing up the, hum the human beings to give that valuable advice when, when they need it i think that's, that's a really sort of good point i guess also we've been at dot nine working uh, it's interesting so if you think back as i say there was a lot of excited talk around robo and etc but actually um, what we're seeing at Dot9, particularly over the last 12 months, um, has been kind of actual use cases to use AI. And in our instances, the projects we've worked on recently, conversational bots uh, to help solve specific challenges at lenders, particularly from an operational point of view. So even fielding questions from brokers uh, that don't need a human being to answer around lending policies and things like that, particularly in light of everything that's happened this year when you know, they've really struggled from a service point of view. And I'd, I'd almost think, you know, it's perhaps these less glamorous applications uh, that are now starting to deliver kind of real returns. And, you know, uh, I guess that probably chimes in with your approach. I mean, I'd love to hear a bit more about the kind of unglamorous kind of applications that you can kind of maybe see uh, for yeah. AI. And Mark, you're absolutely spot on. You know, when you talk about digitizing a process, which is where the industry is today, and automating the process, which is what uh, we're talking about, it has taken out all those really, really mundane, unglamorous, things in the industry. There is no magic wand here. There is no black box. Mm. AI is not making decisions whether you're a good customer or a bad customer. AI is not going to underwrite any cases. Yeah. It simply won't happen. Rule-based engines already do this in most lenders. Yeah. They already have automated decisions. Making mm. decisions isn't the hard bit. It's mm. getting the right data into the process. So let me kind of uh, demystify that a little bit uh, to give you some examples. And let, let's just use something you just mentioned there, a payslip. So what, what does a human being do? What does a broker do? They pick up a payslip and they go, they look at it and they go, that's a payslip. Mm -hmm. Why? Because unconsciously, we already know this stuff. We're already programmed to know. Okay, what do I need to know about this one? Now I know it's a payslip. Is it the customer that I'm advising? Yes, it's Stuart Cheatham. Is it the company that he's told me he works for? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Does it have his national insurance number on it? Does it have gross pay? Does it have net pay on it? Mm. Yes, it does. Okay, I'm pretty happy I can now use it. Is it the right month? Have I got three of them? Have I got three of these things to make sure that are they consecutive to mm. go through this process? Now, this is what happens normally. So an advisor is doing this process. It might take them five minutes to do it. They then look at the net pay or the gross pay. They go back to the application and go, is this what they told me at the start of the process to make sure I'm verifying the right yeah. amount? And there's not, is there a bonus on here? that I now need to wait differently for the affordability. All of this stuff is very, very natural. It's not complicated stuff, but actually that is, um, uh, can't be digitized in, in a process like that. So therefore what we do is we, we use a range of AI and deep learning um, technology that is, you know, is to say that it's cutting edge to actually be able to go through exactly that process. Okay. So you upload a payslip, to this for your JPEG, a photograph, a PDF, whatever you want to do, it's irrelevant to us. Don't tell us what it is at all. It comes into our um, AI pipeline. We look at that and go, we identify that through a range of different techniques, that's a payslip. How do we do that? We can use that through natural language processing or uh, we can use that through deep learning to look for keywords and also structure within that. Mm. Can we see a national insurance number in the right structure and things like that? So then you have a picture. I now know this is a payslip. Fantastic. I now need to extract data. So we then use artificial intelligence to identify areas, blocks of information to extract 
to create a machine readable object here. Mm -hmm. This machine readable object, you can then do lots of things with. You could do simple predictive analytics to it. You could do simple testing to it. You can deploy deep learning onto it to say, actually, does the gross pay and the net pay calculation, mm -hmm. you know, add up? Mm -hmm. You know, is the tax code look to be correct? Is it in the right format of these things? And immediately you're verifying verify all the things, just exactly what a human being would do. The difference is, as, as that happens, and this can be a bank statement, it could be a power of attorney, it could be an inline revenue document, it could be a set of accounts, it could be anything within this stuff. What it is, you, you then extract out a machine-readable format of that, and now you can test it. But it does this literally in milliseconds. Okay. So looking at one payslip, Yep. Um, a second looking at three payslips takes a second looking at a hundred payslips takes a second and this is where the machine starts mm. to outperform a human being okay that's really interesting actually so your your approach is probably slightly nuanced different from a lot of our stuff i've seen around you know people focus on okay open banking for example like we'll just automate all this data and make automated decisions etc but ultimately it's the context as you sort of alluded to around you know the the sequence of payslips and you know the, the kind of bigger picture so that's kind of your angle is you know using AI to ai to interact even with kind of paper documents and kind of achieve the same so thing. There's, there's three sources of data that you have in pretty much a mortgage process you have manually cleaned in data what's my name how many children do i have and what are their ages yep. do they get private school but you can't api that stuff you have mm. to key it in there's no choice then you have api information automated valuations credit reports things like that you bring in those data sets and this is pretty standard stuff idv lots of lenders do this lots of brokers do this this is yep. not innovative might not be really well joined up it might be it all depends different people in different places and then you have documents and evidence come in to, to meet the fca suitability and plausibility rules under MCOB and the latest regulations. Yeah. And then those documents come in and then the problem starts. Yeah. Because actually that evidence of that needs to be consumed. Mm. And the automation of this becomes a problem then. So therefore, a very, very simple problem. And then one of the toughest problems we've had to fix mm -hmm. is names. Yeah. So on my driving license, my name is Stuart Edward Cheatham. On my passport, it's Stuart Edward Cheatham, but in different formats. On my bank statement, it's Mr. and Mrs. Cheatham. And on the utility bill, it's um, Stuart Cheatham. Mm -hmm. immediately as a human being looks at that they go that's Stuart Cheatham yes. we know it intuitively yeah. to automate that you need AI to extract those information and cross-reference those names mm -hmm. to get a confidence level that is the right thing to do okay. now you're automating a process and not digitizing a process yeah and this is what AI will do for the mortgage industry and is the idea then also because obviously you've highlighted the importance of human beings in the process I think you also mentioned around the underwriting process as well is it the idea to almost you know present an augmented, you know, pre-prepared case so that, the, you know, the, the, the manual repetitive tasks are going through a kind of a, a disappeared, but, you, you know, you still have that kind of presented to you, ready to make your analysis on. Is that, is that part of the vision? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the, the, the key, so let's go five years into the future or, or, or sometime into the yes. future, but not, not that far. Mm. The key to the mortgage industry, and this is inevitable, in my opinion, it's going to happen, it's all about now, is it will be connecting the very start of the journey to the very end of the journey in a real-time and interactive approach powered by AI. And what that means is advisors will be empowered to advise on not only getting quick mortgage offers, almost in real time, but yeah. they'll be doing that point of advice. Not four or five weeks later when they've gone through a sourcing system, a dip system, a criteria hub, 
and then a lender application process and then a lending process, the mm-hmm. underwriting process for eight weeks. This is about saying, right now, what we want to do is we want to connect the front to the back end of the process. So now we've got control of the garbage in and garbage out. Because right. immediately, as we know what the information we need at the end because mm-hmm. it's right at the start. Mm-hmm. And as information comes into this and we digitize and create structured objects in real time, it fires yep. all those lenders' rules instantly. And as soon as something is inconsistent or missing in individuals or annoyingly individual happens all the time, it flags it immediately back to the advisor mm-hmm. because the advisor is absolutely the right person to package the case mm. for the lender. They yeah. know, they understand the process, they understand the information, and they can help the customer get through that process. You tell mm-hmm. them instantly that I've got three months pay slips here, but they're not consecutive. Mm-hmm. Don't go ahead. Yeah. You know, something on your bank statement to open banking or a photograph of your bank statement mm-hmm. that is inconsistent with our credit record. So therefore, there's a big cash outgoing every mm-hmm. month. What is that? Yeah. And you need to have this pushback interactively mm-hmm. immediately. Into the and that's what that's what we have built, and that's what we're going to deliver into the market. Cool, sounds exciting. I can definitely see the potential for this to quite, you know, if it be it five years or, or sooner, uh, platforms like this to quite, you know, potentially in quite a big way condense that process down. Um, I guess one of the challenges in the mortgage sector, like many others in financial services, is around you know legacy call systems and you know, multiple. Um, so how do you see? platforms such as this and others sort of plugging in or interacting or existing alongside those legacy platforms in future. Yeah, and there's, there's two issues you're talking about there. It, 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 and first of all, the different lenders and different broker firms are all on different journeys and in different places. Yep. So how, how can you link things through those types of systems? And then actually, how can one set of data be used in a decision? Because you can't, the problem is, is uh, I, I can, if a broker uses open banking and pulls off open banking, it becomes an, um, an editable format yeah. and then can be changed. So yeah. now, how does the lender react to that information? Does yeah. it ask for open banking again? Does it ask for pay slips or does it trust the broker? So yeah. there's, there's multiple problems here you're talking about. Yeah. So first of all, how we, we all come to marketplace is that we, we, we work with lenders to help them um, deliver products to the marketplace, not only faster, not only far more robust decisions because we use far more data in them, but actually earlier in the sales process while reducing their cost base. So we'll start this journey and we there are multiple ways we can work with them depending on how um, their systems are. So we can fully integrate with their systems if they actually have a real-time automated engine in there, which you know, some of them actually do have to some degree. We can fully integrate into that one, connect that earlier in the sales process to make faster and more robust decisions. Mm-hmm. There's a, a light integration option as well, in case they don't have that, and they can use our platform to do large parts of that. Mm-hmm. Or there is an, uh, an option where there's no integration at all, and we can just do this for them at all. And it really just depends exactly where they are on their journey, mm-hmm. what product do they want to deploy, how innovative is that product? Because their problem is many times they can't build the product they want because the legacy system stops and do that. And, and the MP platform can be configured to deliver any product for any credit appetite. Okay. Or... So it sounds like it, depending on where they are in their journey, effectively, uh, you can sort of sit alongside and, and potentially support that. I guess that is the, you know, uh, um, so I've been around sort of mortgage technology sort of for 15 years now. And 
there's been many waves of you know a big platform that's going to solve everything for everybody you know particularly if you think back 10 15 years uh, and you know companies will make these big you know rip and replace the core systems and almost always they wouldn't deliver everything that they ultimately sort of promised at the beginning so i think we've all moved to a to a recognition that it's it's an ecosystem it's inevitably going to be and as you mentioned there's lots of really interesting companies doing lots of really interesting stuff in the space so i think that, that kind of completely makes sense that you know you're not looking to sort of completely replace everything in a, in a lender necessarily but you can sort of complement them um yeah i mean i'm very clear we are not i mean people talk about disruption and innovation in the same sentence and they're very different things mm. We are transformational and we want to innovate. We mm. do not want to disrupt. You know, lenders are there because they're great at lending. Balance mm. sheet, liquidity, decision-making, you know, history in scorecards. Advisors are there because they've got great ability to advise, which is their core skill. We want to empower both. We want to make both do mm. exactly what they do. We want them to do it better. What we want to do is connect them in real time and genuine, interactive, real-time journey bringing you know, effectively the underwriting. Imagine the advisor sitting in front of their customer, which would be a bit weird in today's market, because where we are, but just- Hopefully next year. <laughs> hopefully next year, you're absolutely right. But imagine they're doing a face-to-face -face meeting and they're advising their customer there. What the MQ platform allows is to put the underwriter in the room with them, mm. you know, effectively. So three people are interacting immediately Mm -hmm. Under the guise, under the direction of the, the advisor, the advisor is always in control of the process, but the underwriter is there with them. So actually, as they do this discussion, right at the point of advice, yes. at that time, you know, what evidence do I need? What information do I need to give you? And what's the decision? All of this can happen interactively mm -hmm. at the same time. Now, this is this won't happen tomorrow or next year or the year after. I can talk you through the phases I see this coming through, mm -hmm. but that's exactly what I think the mortgage market will evolve into. Yeah. Okay, cool. It sounds, um, obviously, I think in the article I read that you just kicked off this sort of AI innovation lab, and I'm guessing, you know, when you're doing R&D, it takes a while to get products and then result out of that. Perhaps we should sort of pencil in mid next year to, for a follow-up episode to kind of have another chat and see what some of the outcomes comes have been. I'd be really interested to hear kind of where you got to with that. Um, in terms of today- I'd be, I'd be delighted to do that, yes. Well, let's yeah, let's make that happen. Um, in terms of today, we're almost out of t out of time. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on today. It's been super interesting. Uh, and yeah, I'll keep a keen eye on this moving forward. Um, if people want to find out more about MCube or the AI Lab, how would they find out more? Just come visit us on our, our website at on the MCube website. Um, you, you'll, you we will be making more announcements early next year. There's quite. Okay. Um, momentum of, of announcements about to come out for the business okay. and um, and there'll be more information uh, as and when it's available there. Brilliant. We look forward to, look forward to the catching up then in the next year then. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for coming on and um, yeah, we'll speak soon. Brilliant. Thanks for your time. Mark. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.